Welcome to the Battleground Wisconsin podcast. My name's Jorna Taylor. Oh, oh, no, no, I'm not. Well, she was apparently sitting in my chair. This is Matt Brusky. I've been welcome back. Welcome. Welcome back from Jorna. She was very polite this morning. Uh, Welcome to the Battleground Wisconsin podcast. Of course, my name is Matt Brusky, and I'm the deputy director here at Citizen Action. And welcome to another week from Wisconsin. I am back from two weeks gone. And we are uh, full panel minus Jen Epps Addison, who's unavailable today. But we do have Robert Craig, who joins us from somewhere on the East Coast of America. Robert Craig, how you doing? Morning, everyone. And of course, Robert is our executive director here. And Jorna Taylor, who hosted, did a great job, has a fan club already. Jorna Taylor is with us this week. I'd like some cheering inserted here, Brian Wildridge. There we go. Good morning. Well, thank you very much, Jorna, for for hosting the podcast. It was outstanding. Oh, yeah. Outstanding. So Um, You can write in to the Battleground Wisconsin podcast, should you want me to host in the future. Yes. Oh. There you go. So She also found out it's a, gosh, it's a ton of work. It is a ton of work. It's just a ton of work. (laughs) So anyways, it, it was great to be away for two weeks, and it's fascinating. I, I really did a good job of completely unplugging, was in Ohio, was in Shano, Wisconsin uh, with the family. I must say, it seems like the first week I was gone, time stood still, nothing seemed to happen in Wisconsin. But then the second week, all hell broke loose, joint finance did its work. And uh, here we are, we are now Thursday, we record Thursday morning, and we have a budget that has passed both the Senate, which moved first on Tuesday, and then yesterday, Wednesday, the Assembly passed it, actually Thursday morning, uh, early this morning, passed it, and it included 11 Republicans jumping off the ship um, and saying that they weren't going to vote for the budget. And many of them, we can talk about this in more swing, competitive uh, districts, but um, very much want to get the initial thoughts of both of our panelists about the budget. And uh, in particular, I'd like each one of you just to highlight what you sort of see as, you know, the biggest or most important issue or thing in the budget that people need to be aware of. Um, and certainly uh, interested in any of the thoughts about some of the stuff that was jammed in at the end uh, in joint finance in what's known as the 999 section or basically the special interest section. I don't know who wants to kick us off, Jorna? Oh, there's there's just so much. How could one pick their favorite thing out of this budget? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's just so many things to, to hate. Um, one of my favorite things is that Assembly Democrats called it a, quote, dumpster fire, yeah, uh, which much. is appalling and, and is also true. It, our state is now on fire. I mean, legitimately on fire because of when Walker signs this budget into law, it is going to be such a hot mess up in here that it's ridiculous. Um you know, the one thing I will say is that there were some Assembly Republicans that did vote against the budget, so thank you for that. But Eleven of them. You, you were not enough to stop our state into yet an even further downward spiral. I don't know. I mean, if we're talking about what the impact of this budget is, I've been working for years on the higher education piece and public education 
stuff in general. And and I have to say that if we're trying to train a workforce and um, you know have support a new economy here in Wisconsin, a two hundred and fifty million dollar cut to the University of Wisconsin system is not going to create any jobs. Does not encourage the sifting and winnowing tradition of the great state of Wisconsin, and does not demonstrate that the boundaries of the university are the boundaries of the state. So. To me, this is definitely a brutal affront um, to Wisconsin. And, and I also have to say that the drug testing for public aid recipients and the um, cloak and dagger moves around reporting on crimes for um, to the public on from the police is, is appalling. So you weren't convinced by the floor debate and discussion uh, over the last couple of days of the Republicans who were basically mocking the sense that there were any real serious cuts to the UW system. Oh it's it's was pretty amazing. Uh, yeah. But no, obviously, um, the UW system, the Wisconsin idea, is certainly probably one of the biggest casualties in terms of uh, this budget, and a clear effort in, in many ways. We've talked about this, that Governor Walker and the Republicans have been very strategic in thinking about kind of what are sort of core base kind of constituencies and interests, and this is the university, the education, the university, the ivory tower, right, uh, to go after and, 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 and go after it hard this time around in the way that they've gone after uh, civil justice, labor, uh, women's health, you know, a whole host of oh, the environment. But they did right? all of like, that too in the right? budget. No, no, let's, no. But, let's but, be real but, clear. But, but this was a first yes. real big shot at in a yes. serious way, even though there yes. certainly things haven't been great at the UW, obviously. So certainly, yes. Robert, your thoughts? Well, on the UW issue, just playing off that, I mean, this is the, the virulent conservatism that's now dominating Wisconsin politics and the legislature and, and the governor's office is actually against knowledge. And so the universities are a threat. And they're saying literally that we can't afford to have first-class universities anymore, which is an absurd proposition, but that is literally their proposition. I'm a little less generous than Jorna. Jorna is such a nice person. I don't want to thank uh, the, uh, the assembly folks who are on the Republican side that voted no because let's be clear, they, most of them were let, uh, were told they could vote no so that they would be more likely to be reelected so they can support future uh, destructive and atrocious budgets. So, in other words, they're going to tend it to be in marginal districts where Democrats could challenge them. And now they can say, well, I'm independent. I voted against the Walker budget, even though I'm a gold star member of the Walker team. Uh, so, as far as the budget as a whole, look, it is absolutely stunning. What's going on? We have in our in our state most of the income growth is going to the the, the very wealthiest people. Their record corporate profits. So that's what that's the situation. And what we do is in this budget is, is that we give huge new tax breaks to uh, to large corporations without strings attached, um, and we um, we have huge uh, property tax breaks for the wealthiest people. And then we turn around with this uh, kind of created budget crisis. The other big issue is turning down the Badgercare money, which is $390 million in this budget. And with these self-inflicted wounds, we then turn around and say we can't fund K-12 education, we can't fund the universities, we can't fund the tech colleges. We just don't have the money. And we need to understand that this is an artificially created crisis. Uh, then, of course, and I think we should talk about this specifically, Matt, they threw in a whole lot of uh, booty at the end of the budget, <laughs> getting rid of the 
decade, you know, uh, progressive um, legislation and statute that says that you have to pay a living wage in Wisconsin, uh, preempting living wages in Wisconsin, going back to what I said before, because higher wages and living wages are the problem in Wisconsin. We need to drive wages lower. Uh, according to them, and then a whole other a bunch of other things like giveaways to the rent-to-own industry, um, because everyone in the state, of course, is calling upon having more sleazy lenders to exploit all the uh, all the people falling out in the middle class who are trying to hold on uh, to their houses and hold on to their their dreams for themselves and their families. I think the biggest problem with this budget is. We're a state that already is in serious economic straits, right? We, we've talked about the numbers. We're, we're not doing very well. You know, at best case, we're in, like, say, 35 in the nation. Worst case, we're in the 40s. Um, we have—the economy is not going anywhere. And this budget does nothing, very—nothing. It hurts economic opportunity, right, across the board. You talk about the education cuts— Right. Talk about the badger care, not rejecting the money that hurts us economically. It hurts people economically when they when they have to pay more than they ought to. Right. All the other things you mentioned, the attacks on people's ability to earn money. And we know that unless we put more money in the pockets of, of uh, workers in Wisconsin, there's not money to spend. So this budget does not help. Uh, provide real economic opportunity and jobs that we need. And, you know, both in the short term, near term, and long term, uh, when you talk about what it does to education, we haven't even mentioned uh, K through K through 12 and, and, and the devastation and the expansion of the voucher program. So, um, but really, it, it, is a, it does come down to economics, and, and this is a tragic, tragic budget uh, for folks. And we have to talk about the attack on open records, right? And, and, and sort of, it's kind of like the bomb that went off that at least got the media's attention, right, Jorna? Before we talk about open records real quick, though, we're talking about, um, you know, it's about economics in the budget. Yeah. That's fine. We're going to have a seven-day work week, so... Another, another great... So that'll, great that'll be great. People can just make up that, not spend any time with their families or have any sort yeah. of breaks, so that's cool, right? Yeah, absolutely. Grossman going to Washington, that effort would stop. But apparently not. Apparently there's a public demand for a seven-day work week. Absolutely. Well, Robert, when you mentioned public demand, right, you, you, you mentioned these things that are jammed in at the end. Um, these, these are things that there is no public demand. One of, the, one of the more appalling one, again, is we have this payday lender and uh, same-day uh, giveaways, right? And it's like this thing never goes away. Um, the public is not demanding any of this stuff, right? It, it's it's jammed in at the end. There's no public debate. I mean, prevailing wage. There was no real real serious debate in, in the way uh, it was handled. We haven't even uh, gotten to the I arena. <laughs> you know, the arena. Uh, Matt, it's, good public, it's good public policy. If you're driving wages down, people are going to need more payday loans. They're going to need more help from the payday loan industry for other kind of stuff. So... Obviously, there's a number of tragic things in this budget, and, and we're not going to just sit and go through and, and list them all unless anybody else feels like there's other things in particular. But I think we've talked a lot about this budget, and um, one of the things that we sort of want to transition into is a conversation about a lawsuit um, that occurred this week. And I actually think this budget... And general corruption, the open records, a lot of what we've seen at WEDEC is a byproduct of the fact that we have these highly gerrymandered legislative districts, right? And, 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 and the fact that you could have 11 people walk, that you have such Republican dominance that was completely 
not a reflection of what was actually the vote, the amount of people who voted that were actually Democratic voters. So we, we know that. Matt, it shows the budget so bad, you even have to give people a walk with gerrymandered districts. Correct. The districts are gerrymandered nonetheless. That's a, that's a great point, Robert. And, and, and there was an excellent quote yesterday when, when, when the announcement went out about how essentially, right, while, while this is an effort to prove that there's partisan gerrymandering going on, the overall impacts of this in a nonpartisan way when it connects to corruption, when you have complete control and dominance, um, and we, we're seeing that play out, that that's really a nonpartisan problem, right, beyond just sort of one party dominating over another, where, where it really leads to corruption and, and complete misuse of power. And we're, we're, we saw that play out. So, Jorna, that's a long transition to <laughs> tell us about the lawsuit I, I, that, that was introduced. Let our listeners know about exactly what we're talking about here. Sure. So yesterday, a group of nonpartisan organizations and uh, lawyers and 12 plaintiffs filed a lawsuit in the Western District Federal Court up in Madison that basically challenges the notion that Wisconsin's election or that Wisconsin legislative map is somehow fair. Uh, It says that there is extreme partisan gerrymandering across the state. And I think that the best way to demonstrate that is that you see sort of the ebb and flow of political parties winning in midterm and in general and in fall presidential year elections, yet there is no change in the legislative map whatsoever. Um, frankly, the Republicans have rigged it since 2011 so that they, when the maps were last drawn, so that they win no matter what happens across the state. Um, so this nonpartisan effort was brought, and I have to say that it is called the Wisconsin Fair Elections Project. You can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Twitter, and you can also find us at um, on the web at wifairelections.org to find more information and to sign the petition. Uh, But this is a campaign that is co-chaired by two former Senate majority leaders, state Senate majority leaders, Tim Cullen, a Democrat, and Dale Schultz, a Republican, who both know that they've played their own roles in partisan gerrymandering in their time in the legislature as well and know how detrimental this is to the state and to politics and our government in general. Um, what the lawsuit basically seeks to do is to provide a standard. So the federal judges have said that they really haven't had a standard to find that the lines are um, unconstitutional. And so what this lawsuit does is brings plaintiffs from across the state together that say that their vote doesn't count as much and here's why. And it provides that metric for the judges to rule that lines have been drawn unconstitutionally. And it also states what is called an efficiency gap in voting. So an efficiency gap is basically, it measures the effects of something that's called cracking and packing, which is either splitting up the same constituents from one political party in a district to dilute their power or packing them into one district. So to be clear... This will help people. Yes. We do a lot, for example, in Milwaukee, there's a lot of packing yes. of, of heavily Democratic districts that are, you know, 80%, yes. 90%. I think we've got an 83% district. Sure, right. <laughs> I live in it. Right. And then there's other parts of the state where they take it and they spread it out mm-hmm. and dilute it, and you see long, twisty, 
odd, weird. weird maps where clearly they're more diluting it by spreading by spreading out the vote through a number of other districts. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. It results okay. in those very crazy districts that's Matt, that Matt is talking about yeah. to favor one political party or another. And let's be clear, this is a nonpartisan issue. We believe in competitive elections where democracy can actually play a role in electing people who are representing the people of that district. Um, so this lawsuit really challenges the notion that Wisconsin's districts are constitutional in any way, shape, or form, um, built upon a lawsuit that was filed a few years back on the Latino districts in Milwaukee, and hopefully will set a standard, at least in Wisconsin, and then going forward nationally on this um, efficiency gap and how to rule on partisan gerrymandered districts. So it is absolutely stunning that all of this is still legal and it's gotten worse. Uh, I mean, this is an early 19th century technique uh, of, like, corrupt political parties, literally. And we still have a situation where, even though they're not in the Constitution, where political parties are controlling uh, who their own voters are. And the problem is it's becoming more and more sophisticated. They use a lot of state money, a lot of modeling, retrieving modeling, to do this in a scientific way. And they used a very right-wing law for Michael Baskin Friedrich. They tried to keep the record secret, hearkening back to their attempt to get rid of the open records laws. Uh, just recently. And so it is stunning that in a, uh, a democracy, the world's oldest large-scale democracy, that we have this kind of corruption and this kind of uh, chicanery. And it led to a situation where, Matt, I think there were a couple hundred thousand more votes for Democrats in the Assembly in 2012 than Republicans, the last presidential election. And that resulted in a 60-39 Republican majority. Uh, so that's not democratic. That's literally rigging the system. Now, it used to be in the 19th century that they actually had unequal voting. Like in England, they had rotten boroughs that had only a couple thousand people out voting whole cities. It's not that anymore, but it's getting just that bad with the new scientific techniques. And remember, they use our money to do this. And it is it's absolutely outrageous that we would allow a political party to hold power and then do what they want to an unpopular budget like this. Uh, because of that, uh, and get ill-gotten gains, essentially, undemocratically, uh, that damage our state and our future, just simply because they literally corrupted and rigged uh, the whole political system here in Wisconsin through uh, partisan uh, gerrymandering. So, Jorna, why don't you tell us just a little bit more about kind of what, where is this potentially going, and, and you know, I guess, best case, where, where could this potentially lead, and, and what kind of timeline are we talking about? Uh, once again, I'm going to dust off my John Grisham well, that's why law I degree. To ask. I, I know you all like when I do that. I yeah. should, I should have been a lawyer. I wanted no. to go to Harvard when I was like ten. But I know you have some thoughts here. I do. So um, apparently, according to our smarter than me lawyers, uh, the case has been assigned to Judge Crab, which is great. We like that. It's a great name. Hey, I'll just leave it at that. She's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, and as for timeline, honestly, I, I don't know. I would suggest that folks who are interested follow the uh, Facebook, Twitter, and um, website, wifairelections.org. But we do ask listeners out there who are interested in in this lawsuit and in redistricting to to talk to folks about what's going on. Post things on your Facebook page. Tweet things out. Have conversations. Send out emails about this because, you know, best case scenario – 
While we know we can't sway courts, there is definitely a public dialogue that we want to engage folks in about how bad these maps are in Wisconsin and how desperately we need to overturn this very rigged partisan system that we have found ourselves in, which leads to these draconian budgets, to use Robert's favorite word, that we see passed in the wee hours of the night with no public input. Um, you know, everything is a direct result of how these districts are drawn. And they have been drawn to never favor the public, really, for the next, you know, at least until 2020. And beyond that, if we have a governor who and legislature who is not in favor of reform, we've got some problems there, too. Yeah, no, I it, it's we've we've talked a, a bit about this redistricting problem in the past on this podcast. I think this lawsuit is critical. I must say, when we posted this on our Facebook page yesterday, it had tremendous pickup. I want to echo what Jordan is talking about. Go online, read up a little bit more about it. Um, cracking and packing, you can cracking get get educated on cracking and packing. No, look, it it's part of the problem, right? right. It's a little. It's, it's obtuse and wonky for, for the average it's person, wonky. but it's critical, right? And, and I think when you boil it down, it's, 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 this is not something that's going to penetrate super deep into the general populace, but it does need to penetrate deep enough where, you know, we're talking about regular people who aren't super overly partisan, who realize that this is fundamentally wrong and that this leads to corruption. It leads to yes. problems that, you know, aren't about Republicans or Democrats. It's about, you know, a democracy completely run amok that doesn't actually reflect any of the true aspirations of its citizens, but really the most well-connected and, you know, who can sort of obviously buy their access. I was going to suggest it seems well, like while I was gone, Robert, I believe they legalized bribery. No, uh, <laughs> Robert? It's, it's, it's really exceedingly simple. Uh, politicians should not be able to choose their own voters. Uh, and it's not it's not a democracy if you do that. And if we were looking at a developing country and trying to help them establish a democracy, we would consider this a human rights violation. So it is absolutely stunning in the 21st century that this is still going on. And it's getting worse, as I said, because of the new techniques for really uh, doing uh, mathematical modeling as to exactly which voters you want to, to get a result. But there's no question it's rigging of the system by a political party against average voters and against the, the, the fundamental principle of democracy that ought to be at the heart of our country and which we were supposed to be setting an example not only for ourselves but for the whole world on. Yeah, and it's the timing of this is interesting too. What we just had the recent Supreme Court ruling in Arizona about um, that—it's not specifically to this, but essentially addresses the idea that uh, the public has an interest in you know in, in in whether these are accurate districts in terms of whether a legislature draws them or and what's the role of the public through referendum or, or you know their ability to select that it ought to be taken out of the politicians' hands. So. The plaintiffs in that Supreme Court case literally said it was unconstitutional to yeah. allow districts to be made impartially and that they had to be made by the politicians. And uh, thankfully, even this Supreme Court would not uphold that legal doctrine. Yeah, no, and I, and I think that that's important because, Jorna, you know, while this is a lawsuit, right, there is a public yes. education component yes. to this that's almost as important as the law, the lawsuit, right, because... You know, let's say the lawsuit loses if it doesn't move the public further along about understanding, hey, there's a real serious fundamental flaw here, then, you know, we haven't accomplished anything. I mean, look, I get it. Redistricting is not sexy. Ooh, no, la, 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 nobody la. wants let's to whistle at redistricting yes. walking down the street. <laughs> um, but it is such a fundamental um, 
piece of what happens in our democracy. I don't want to say that it's at the core of, but in some ways it is because this is how public policy gets made in Wisconsin and in the United States. So as much as you may not want to talk about something as awesome as redistricting, there is a very easy petition on the website at wifairelections.org that you can sign. It is not wordy. In fact, I had an argument with a colleague that we should not make it any wordier and wonkier. Oh, word it up. <laughs> word it up. Um, send that to your friends. I mean, have this conversation and really talk to people about the the family that you have, the the Democrats or the Republicans, the Democrats that I have up in Door County that are represented by Republicans and the Republican family that you know in that 83% Democratic district in Milwaukee. You know, let's have those conversations and let's do something to elevate the public discourse. So well, one other thing, Matt. Yeah, gonna, absolutely, Robert. Because we are a nonpartisan organization, I just want to point out, and we've uh, certainly and rightly so uh, uh, heaped uh, scorn upon what uh, conservatives have done in the last redistricting process. Uh, the Democrats have not been better. They've oh, only yeah. not pulled it off before. And in fact, when the Democrats had full control through 2009 and 2010, they refused to do redistricting reform in the hopes of many of them had the hope, not everyone, there were people like Spencer Black that fought tooth and nail for it, but they had the hope they could control the whole process and they could gerrymander the election. And back in 2000, it was a deal cut by both uh, future indicted uh, leaders, uh, Scott Jensen and Chuck Walla. So we're, we're not saying that the Democrats and states where the Democrats have full control have been a whole lot better on this. They just haven't pulled off this, this terrible gerrymandering before, but they would have if they could have. And we need to move forward. If we, we want progressive, a progressive Wisconsin, not either party being able to control or rig the election system. So I just want to be clear uh, that, the other, that literally Democrats could have put through nonpartisan redistricting in 2009 and 2010 and chose not to do so. I think that you're you're right on the money there, Robert, and that was definitely apparent and part of the remarks from both uh, former senators Tim Cullen and Dale Schultz yesterday at the press conference in Madison that, you know, both parties could have done something and they never have. Yeah, and again, that's one of the reasons why I also wanted to focus on this notion that, you know, while, while you know, we're using sort of partisan numbers to prove right. that there's gerrymandering, the implications for this are so profound beyond partisanship, and it's why I wanted to bring up that quote, right? It just leads to corruption, right? Whether it be a Democratic, any party, right? Any organization, right? It's, it's part of why we have checks and balances in the first place. It's just, it's why you have audits. It's why you have constant and why we're so upset with what's going on at WEDEC, right? And, and the notion that you'd essentially privatize and have no accountability, right? So this um, definitely makes sense. Um, and so we're going to continue to track this. Please, people, we'll have the link on our site. Go to the website, sign the petition, talk to your neighbors, get educated. We need to... This is a long-term public debate beyond, beyond the lawsuit. Oh, yeah. So... Um, but we're really glad that this is a new effort, smart effort, to try and change this. Um, so... We, before we go, we want to talk about, uh, we're going to talk politics. We're going to talk yes. about our, our, our governor who is um, going to probably sign the budget tomorrow, Friday, maybe over the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, who knows, or maybe uh, this afternoon at, um, uh, at noon. Uh, <laughs> who knows? Uh, <laughs> Once he's back from fundraising in started. wherever. Is he going to find a large contributor uh, corporation to sign it, like, with right to work at Badger Meter, something a nice location like that. 
Yeah, um, yeah, I'm sure. It, 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 maybe you can have it at the uh, prison work worker center. Oh, good God. Um, anyways, so point being, he is going to announce that he's running for president on Monday now that he has put to bed the worst budget in the history of the state and uh, has this wonderful booming economy to um, charge on. He's going to be announcing in Waukesha Monday evening in, his, in the heart of conservatism. Uh, that he's running for president. So I know us at Citizen Action are going to be sounding the alarm bell nationally and making sure that we get out really um, good information about how on healthcare, this guy's the worst potential person you could think of, right? Uh, he has been he has fought Obamacare at every every step of the way, and you know it's clearly a bad prescription for 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 our country. Robert, I know you have a few more thoughts on that. Well, I'll give you a brief preview uh, that we are going to be holding, actually, a, a press conference with the Center on American Progress about Walker's health care record being uh, perhaps the worst in America, and therefore he is the worst qualified person to be president. But it's more than just what he did on Badger Care, which the audience knows very well, and which is forcing a lot of the draconian, as your word, Jordan, a draconian budget yes. uh, that we've been talking about. Um, but beyond that, he's done everything he could possibly think of at his insurance commissioner's office has to subvert, sabotage, undermine the Affordable Care Act. And as a result, people are paying much higher insurance rates here, and a lot more people are uninsured that don't need to be uninsured. So it's literally a life-threatening record. And so we're going to go through the details on Monday of all the specific things he's done because only the Badger Care money has been on the national radar screen as far as national reporters. And we want to make sure that there's a broader record that shows not just an indifference to the Affordable Care Act, not just an opposition, but an attempt to use every single power of his office to undermine health coverage for the people of his own state. These decisions have clearly impacted the economy, right? We're not taking the Badger Care money, having higher costs because we are not using all the tools available, have connect directly to the economic tragedy that is this state. So I want to let our listeners know that there is going to be a major rally, an event uh, outside of Walker's announcement starting. Folks could probably gather around by about quarter to four. We're talking about four o'clock starting an event outside the Expo Arena and there'll be some folks who have been impacted by the Walker economy, uh, negatively obviously impacted by the Walker economy, speaking about why he would not be a good uh, presidential yeah. uh, president. The campaign done positively affected by the Walker economy will be in the front row on the inside. Correct. Um, things are humming along just fine. I believe they'll be driving up in their Hummers. I, th- I think they're still driving Hummers. Um, but uh, so want to encourage folks who live in the area or, or can get out. We'd love to have a, a great crowd and want to give a shout out to people for the American Way for taking a really constructive role in helping lead uh, the coordination of a lot of groups and trying to pull together a coordinated response about uh, the devastation that has been Scott Walker. I, I just I, I will be there because I am as a former presidential advance uh, campaign staffer. That's right. Oh, I just really want to see how many American flags they can fit into one shot, Expo TV Center. shot. Yeah. Um, but seriously, uh, I it, when I think about a Walker presidency and I look at what he just did to the budget, I think about what sort of havoc he could wreck on a national stage. You know, Pell Grants that are currently at about $5,600 for a maximum could plummet to zero. Um, we could have 
drug testing for all federal public aid recipients. We could be doing even more damage to our infrastructure and public transportation and our schools and, and, and. So while, you know, we like to joke about how, yeah, you know, President Walker, ha, 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 and we just want to get him out of Wisconsin, we really don't. This is, he is, he is in a, abomination on Wisconsin, and we can't do that to the rest of the country. So um, please turn out, and organizations that are listening, really please talk to your membership and talk to the general public about how your particular issue is affected by Governor Walker's budget and what sort of impacts that'll that'll lead to on working families and the environment and education and, and, and. So just so the listeners know, who haven't, those who haven't seen Jorna in action, Jorna's not uh, overstating it when she says she's an advanced expert. So we'll be very interested to hear her critique and her analysis of how the Walker folks do on the next podcast. And I can tell you, any event Citizen Action has that Jorna is at, she's immediately scolding her organizer, who put it here? What is this? Why are you doing this? And it's very helpful, obviously. Hey, there's she's also real positive, there's always positive, positive advice. I feel oh, the love. They make more money than we do. Let's oh, be very clear. They bring in real <laughs> professionals. <laughs> so, yeah, I encourage folks to get out again, 4 o'clock um, Monday, uh, this upcoming Monday at the Waukesha County Expo Center. Uh, there'll be a number of groups out there. And, you know, we're kind of in a unique situation here in Wisconsin. Our groups, the progressive movement, we have a unique role and opportunity, right, to educate the public about what his true record is because the Walker sleaze machine will not, you know, get that get that out. And, and so... Shout out to a lot of the uh, progressive groups that are going to be prepared. And we know One Wisconsin Now is going to uh, have a place that you can go on their website that will feature, you know, you mentioned student loans, a number of other issues and why Walker's wrong. And we know other groups, Planned Parenthood, uh, League of Conservation Voters, are all, you know, prepared to make sure that there's a lot of very clear understanding about what his record is so that we can make sure that that's available to national media and to other folks throughout the country. So... Um, get out, and uh, I guess uh, with that, we are going to move to the weekend furlough. You don't get a weekend furlough. You just had two weeks of furlough. I know. I'm only taking two days. It's just a normal weekend. Whatever. Come on. Working man here. Mm-hmm. Robert, what are you doing? I assume you're, you're coming back from, um, from uh, the uh, Appalachian Mountains. Well, we went through those before, so I'm on right now what I call the Driving Miss Daisy Tour taking my progressive elderly mother to see uh, my very progressive elderly aunt, Eloise. And so we'll be heading back to uh, Wisconsin, going through Johnstown, Pennsylvania, and then Port Clinton, Ohio, on Lake Erie, which is near near where you were, Matt, ah. uh, on the first week of your vacation. Yeah, nice area. Then I will be... So I will be back. And in fact, they have a brew pub, I found out. I think it's Catawba Island, the brewery. So I'm looking forward to uh, sampling. And uh, then I will be back uh, uh, Monday in time for Governor Walker's announcement and for our health care activities to alert the, uh, the, the, the national media and the national public as what they what would happen to them if Governor Walker was their president uh, as far as our health care system. Well, drive safely out there. We're really glad you're able to uh, have a vacation. Jorna, what, what are you doing? Um, I will be spending some quality time with everybody's favorite horse. Philip. 
Oh what? my god. I heard George is gone. What happened? What? Okay, I'm sorry. I, George will never be gone. I thought I thought once you became the host, you you sold George. <gasps> what? No, okay. Sorry, that was a bad rumor Brian was spreading. Our producer, he's a terrible person. So I will be Jorna. spending some quality time with George. <laughs> George. Um, and I will be attending a horse show to watch some of the competitors um, from my team, Team Foremost, uh, compete. But I will not be showing this weekend. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, my wife, Bonnie, coming back. She's been with the Chicago Teachers Union all week on a... Organizing Junkets. internship, apprenticeship, <laughs> learning uh, new skills to bring back here to Milwaukee. And so uh, she's been having a great time down there. In fact, she, uh, g- good story. Uh, there are about 40 organizers down there who are com- come in from around the country. And two of the 40 organizers are former st- MPS students of Bonnie's that became activists uh, working through some of Bonnie's youth groups. And uh, so she was super excited. A number of them she had taught in eighth grade. I saw that. So, yeah, and has been enjoying spending time with them all week. And so it's been kind of fun to talk to her and hear those stories because, you know, you do a lot of work, whether it be an educator, an organizer, and you don't always feel the work, you know, that much. But when you see that you've touched someone like that, that's a really unique, uh, positive experience. But I'm looking forward to her coming back, and we'll be uh, going racing this weekend at Astalon. It's our first uh, race of the year at Astalon, which, by the way, is in Lake Mills. And if you've never been to a dirt track race, Joel Gratz, I'm talking to you. <laughs> you said you're coming, so I hope to see you on uh, on uh, Saturday night. I expect uh, we'll see what, what ride you come in on, Joel. So uh, come on out if you live in Madison or Milwaukee and uh, watch some uh, dirt track ra- racing at Ostel on Saturday night. That's where I will be. And then Sunday is, I got so much stuff to do at the house. I'm actually kind of looking forward oh, to it. When you've been you gone for like three weeks. weeks. Yeah. Oh. oh, yes. Anyways, so with that, our producer Brian Wilridge is gagging and ready to. Giving uh, us the high sign that yes. we're cut off. So we'll see y'all next week. Uh, Robert, again, have a safe trip and we'll see you next week. Battleground Wisconsin.